Amen. Amen. Been talking about freedom this for the past few weeks. And I tell you, I've been given some, I, I believe, some great instruction. I believe some very practical counsel. Uh, it, it's one thing to go to a church and just get encouraged and, and get exhorted, and that's good. And I think we should all be excited about Jesus. But it's another thing when you can say, here's what God's word says. Here are some principles that you can put in action in your life. If you apply these things, this happens. So I think that's very important. So we've been doing that over the past few weeks. And we went through 12 steps of freedom that I believe that you can apply. And I encourage you, and I hope you took notes. And if you don't, go back and listen to these messages online. If uh, you're not a note taker, start doing that. And I heard that a, a short pencil is more powerful than a, than, a, than a long mind and a long memory. So again, if you take those notes and remember these things, you can look back, pull on these things when you need them. So I encourage you to do that. But uh, we've been seeing some cool things happen. And today, I was actually going to start into a new series, but God has kept me here. And I believe he may keep me here for a few weeks. But about the power of us being free. The Bible says free indeed. Amen. If we're free indeed, that word free is the word ontos, and it means this. It means not just speaking something or saying something, but literally we're free people because of what he's done for us. Amen. And so when you're free, we should act like we're free. We should talk like we're free. We should do things like we're free. We should be free indeed. Amen. And so that's what he says. But today I want to talk to you about some things that I believe are hindrances to our freedom. I'm going to give you five things that I believe that are hindrances. They're blockers. They're things that will stop, that will kill, that will steal and destroy the freedom that God has provided for you. And I believe today if we'll put these things in action, we'll see things begin to change in our life. But I believe these are blockers. Uh, I was, Angel and took the kids up to the community pool the other day, and, and they, they came back, and, man, they were lobsters. Faith was just ate up, fried, and, man, I, I, I got into her pretty good, and so now she gives me a hard time when they go to the pool, and she says, I'm making sure I put sunscreen on them. You know, she does her head when she says, you know, and, uh, but, that, you know, that, so you won't say nothing or whatever. But there's, that is very important because, you know, that they put those blockers on. I believe the same way that we put that on to block ourselves from those harmful rays. I believe there are blockers that we need to remove to get into the freedom and the glory that God has. So I'm going to hit them, hit them real quick so we can take in some members. But the first one is this. It's fear. Fear is a hindrance to your freedom. Fear is a blocker to your freedom. Fear will take you into a place of freedom and put you into a place of bondage. It will take you from a place of victory and put you in a victim mindset when you come into a place of fear. Now, again, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to teach some stuff today and really just bring some stuff to us and help us understand some things. But I want you to understand the fear that I'm talking about. The Bible talks about several different forms of fear. There's the phobeo. Uh, it's where we get the word phobia from in, 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 in the Greek. And it, that's one form of fear. And, and uh, it, it, is, it is a form of, of actually and literally where you're scared of something, where you're fearful of something, and, and, and where something brings a, a, a something of fright. Uh, uh, there was something on TV, an angel let out a scream the other day, and, and, and facing, ah, you stop that. That scared me. And, you know, that's 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 one form. I'm not talking about that one today. We should have no fear in that area of our life, but that's a natural thing. There's another one called Yare, and it's, it is the word reverence. It's how we fear the Lord. It's how we're reverent and, 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 in, and in fear of God and reverent of what He has done and who He is and how powerful He is. But today I want to talk about the fear that I believe is hindering people of God and keeping them into a place of bondage. And, and, it's, and it's the word, and I hope, you, hope I don't mess this up, it's the word delia in the Greek. And it is, it is where we see the word 
timidity come from. It's where we find a place of passivity and where we hold back and where we're, we're in a place <clears throat> where we're in a place where, where things that, that may come against us, we're, we're, we become timid about who we are. I, I, I've seen this in God's people. People get saved, become Christians, know Jesus, know him, but live a life of timidity and fearful of, of the things and, and very shy about it. We're talking about being the redeemed of the Lord and saying so, but if timidity is a part of your life, you will never be able to do that. If you walk in a level of fear in this area, you'll never be able to experience and, and share the gospel message of Jesus Christ and help us fulfill the vision of this, this church and this house and the, and the great commission of Jesus Christ. And we're timid about the God we serve. Amen. He says this in 2 Timothy 1.7, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Think about it for a second. He has not given us a spirit of timidity. If we're shy, if we're quiet, I'm not talking about no personality traits. We need to set personality traits aside when it comes to our relationship with Christ. It may be one thing that you don't walk up in a room and just, you know, holler at everybody and high fives and do some of the crazy stuff your pastor does sometimes. You ain't got to do that. It might not be your personality. But when it comes to Jesus, not a one of us should be timid. When it comes to Christ, when it comes to what he's done for us, and I'm talking about a level of freedom, we not, not one of us should be silent because of what he's done. If anything, we should be the most, most outgoing, loudest people on earth. It should be the most craziest, radical group of people who ever walked this, this planet called earth because Jesus is Lord of our life. Amen? Because he's part of who we are. And he says, I haven't given you a spirit of timidity. I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of boldness. Now, if you look in the scriptures, and we'll have time to go there, but if you look at in the scripture where Jesus is on the boat, he told his disciples that he's going to the other side. He's leaving this place, this, this bank. He's getting in a boat, and he's going to another bank. Now, get a, get a visualization of this. He gets on the boat and goes to sleep. He was tired. Even Jesus got tired. And he's on the boat asleep. And in the middle of this, this boat ride, they're cruising. And all of a sudden, the winds and the waves begin to get crazy. They begin to get tossed in one of the craziest storms. And Jesus is knocked out snoring and, and, and got his feet propped up. And these guys are freaking out, going nuts, because they're fearful now of the storm. Now listen, the Bible says that they were afraid and they were fearful. They were Phobeo. They, were, they had a phobia because here's, here's the thing, and this is what blows my mind. Jesus asked them this question, now where's your faith? He's talking about why are you fearful? He's, he's coming to a place now of why are you timid? Now again, listen, not why are you fearful of the storms because that would be, I believe, a stupid question. Amen? Let's just be honest. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They're fearful because some of these guys were fishermen. They've been in them boats, and they've been in storms. And they probably had to pick themselves up, swim to shore, whatever, because they knew what was happening. But he's saying this. I'm on the boat with you. I made a promise to you, and I told you that we're going to the other side. So now why are you timid? Why are you afraid? Why didn't you speak to the storm the same way I spoke to the storm? Amen? A lot of times we come to the altars and we should. It's important. A lot of times we come crying and begging Jesus to do things and we should. But I believe there are times when Jesus is saying this. Why are you waiting on me to say this when the redeemed of the Lord should say so? Uh, come on, you're way too quiet to hear that. That's a good promise. Why, why is it that we say, God, do this? Why, why God, do No, he's saying, you do this. 
I haven't given you a spirit of fear. I've given you power of love and a sound mind. I believe David came into a place where he wasn't fearful of Goliath as far as timidity. I believe he was probably fearful as far as a phobeo kind of, kind of fear. Let's just be real. This is a teenage boy who, who was, who the Bible said, was just ruddy, good-looking guy who was just a teenage young man. And I believe his, he faced and looked at a nine-foot giant. I believe there was a level of that type of fear in him. Let's just be real. And if we deal with situations, and when you come into a place, even when in a witnessing situation, there's probably some type of level of that kind of fear that tries to come on us sometimes. Just, just to be honest, you may be you know, able to just go tell everybody about him, but there, there are a lot of times where that tries to come into our life and get active in us. But listen, David was not fearful as far as being timid and being fearful of that giant in that way because he knew what God he served. Because he looked at the giant. He looked at the one who was nine foot tall, who he knew in the natural could take him and tie him in a knot. But he wasn't looking at it in the natural. He wasn't coming to him in the natural. He said, you come at a, with me in a, as a, with a spear, with a sword, with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Amen? And so when we go out and we share the good news, we're coming in the name of the Lord, not our name. You don't even come in the name of Faith Renewed Outreach Center, even though the name we support is biblical and, and, what, and the God we serve. But when you come into the situation that you're facing, when you come against your Goliath, you come in the name of the Lord and don't walk in fear. You come in the name of the Lord knowing that God is there, knowing that His promises are true, knowing that His promises are yes and amen for you. So you go into that place, into that promised land, knowing that God has given you everything you need. And don't be fearful. Don't be afraid of these things. Don't be afraid. Get into some Psalms 91 and begin to let that get into your spirit and just begin to read that and say that over and over in your life. Begin to let that word just take, take root in you. Don't walk in fear. It's what the enemy's trying to do even now with finances in the world. He is. He's trying to get everyone fearful. And, and if you look at the natural things that are happening and what's going on, there, there could be a level of fear rise up. But, man, we heard some teaching today already. When you walk into a level, when you walk in God's word, when you do the things that God asked of us, you walk into a whole other place. You're walking in a whole other realm of glory that you can encounter in that way. So, again, you go in this place not fearful but trusting God and knowing who he said he is. Amen? Second thing is this, complacency. Great place on the back of your bulletin to write this stuff down. Complacency. Now, there's a difference in contentment and complacency. I wish you could be content in all things. And a lot of times the church has taken that and we said, well, now uh, I, you know, I should just, just stay where I'm at and I should just be content in this situation that I've been put in and I should just be satisfied. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about no matter what's going on and what the enemy's throwing about you, you still trust in God and you're content that God's going to bring you through it. I, 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 I'm not talking about that. You need to keep that type of spirit in you. But don't let a level of complacency rise up in you. Don't come into a place where now I'm satisfied in this condition. I'm satisfied in this current state. And, and I'm satisfied at this place that I, I've been put in. And I'm just going to just keep back here. I'm going to stay here. I'm just come complacent. I, I'm not going to change what's happening. Thomas Edison said this. He said, we shall have no better conditions in the future if we are satisfied with all those which we have at a present. Think about it. Ah, what, we shall have no better conditions in the future if we're satisfied with all those that we have in the present. I'm not satisfied where I'm at right now. 
I love him. I'm going to praise him regardless of where I'm at. I'm going to serve him no matter what situation I'm in. But I believe that there's more out there. I love where we're at as a church right now. I give God praise for it. But I'm telling you, there's something inside of me. Somebody may be, may be complacent with that, satisfied with that, but your pastor's not. I know there's more out there. Amen. I know there's more people out there that need Jesus. I know there's more people out there that need to hear the message of Jesus Christ that we're preaching. They need the love that we have in this church, and it needs to be taken out. So I'm not satisfied where I'm at. I believe there's more out there. And I, this is what would happen. If we come into church, man, if we believe, believe God for more, if we come into this house looking for more, you know what we would get? But that was deep, wasn't it? I ain't got to give you a Greek word for that. We would get more. If we come into this place not complacent, not satisfied where I'm at, but what's happened is the church has standardized mediocrity. That they have standardized the norm and they have just become to a place where this is just kind of like how it is. And we begin to go through the motions and we don't believe that God's going to do what he said he was going to do. And we get satisfied and content where we're at. The guy in the Bible that Jesus ministered to was at the pool of Bethesda. Had been there for 30-something years, I believe it was. He was at that pool and as he was there, the Bible says this, that the angel of the Lord came down, stirred up the water, and the first one into the water was healed. This guy laying right by the pool, been there for 30 years. Jesus walks up to the guy, and he says this to him. He says, do you want to be healed? Again, Jesus asked some stuff, and you're kind of like, duh. What, do I want to be healed? Yeah, I've been laying for 30 years. But no, really. I believe he was asking him, do you really want to be healed? Or have you come complacent where you're at? I believe he'd been there for 30 years, probably made some good friends. I'm going to get somebody mad at me. But some of you made some good friends just hanging out by the pool, laying there with God saying, get up, take up your bed and walk and go do what you can do for me and do what you can for yourself. I, I believe that's kind of where we're at. Listen, he told him, do you want to be healed? I believe he was asking him this. Is there still a dream in you that says you really want to change? Is, is there still something on the inside of you that, that's saying you want more? Do you, really, do you really believe that you can get out of this situation that you're in? I'm going to tell my age, but Stephen Curtis Chapman sung an old song that says there's more to this life. There's more than what we're experiencing right now. There's more than what we're encountering right now, even though it's great, and I'm, I'm thankful for it. There's more that God has for each of us, and I want to see everything that he has. But a lot of times we come into a place and we let our memory of where we were at keep us where we are. Jesus spoke to his disciples, and he told them this. These guys had been fishing all day long and haven't caught a thing. They had been fishing all day long. And these guys knew what they were doing. These were professional fishermen. Some of these guys had done this their whole life, brought up in it. And the Bible says they fished all day long and never caught a thing. And then Jesus comes up and says, well, go take your nets and go put them over here on this other side. And, he's, and, and, and think for a second. Now, if you know the story, you know where I'm going. If you don't, it's a great story. It says this. They told him, Jesus, you, you don't understand. And they're probably looking at him saying, we the fishermen... You're the blind eye opener. Let us do our thing. You do yours and we'll all get along. But he says this. He says, take your nets and go put them on the other side. But the Bible says this, and I read this the other day and it blew my mind. And it's where we get a lot of times. The Bible says that they did it, didn't really want to do it. But the Bible says they took their net and set it out. Jesus said, take your nets. 
Jesus is trying to tell them there's so much more. I can, I can blow your mind if you will let me. I can do things that will, will just literally just take you to a place you've never been. And he says this, take your nets. And the Bible says they took a net. The net they threw out couldn't contain them. They started hollering for the boats and saying, come over and help us. We can't contain all this. And the Bible says they filled up everything that was around them. Listen to me. Jesus is going to tell you to do things. And don't say, well, I haven't seen that happen in my life. I don't think that's going to work. When Jesus says it, obey and walk in it. When Jesus says do it, trust him and walk in that area and watch what he'll do. Let that dream rise up in you one more time. Joseph was a dreamer, man. Joseph was, was in a prison still dreaming. Joseph was believing God for great things, and God took him to another level because he kept it alive in his heart. Again, don't get complacent where you're at. Third thing is this, and it'll kill it. It's a blocker to your freedom. It's a hindrance to it. It's called greed. It's called greed. Now, hang out with me for a second. Don't get mad, but this is truth. We've heard some stuff today. I didn't know that Gary was going to say what he said and powerful story that Brother Kerry shared. Man, awesome stuff. But listen to me. Sowing and reaping are principles that are in his word that work. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor. That is awesome. You are the man. Good Wave a hanky at myself. That's good preaching because, listen to me, it is principles that work. Now, now, we're going to do a series on this sometimes, Seven Deadly Sins, but greed's one of them. Listen to me. If you come to a place now, again, I'm not talking about getting a, a, a poverty mindset either. That got taught in the church for way too long. Amen? If you've been in church for a long time, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being blessed. I'm talking about being out of debt. I'm talking about being able to walk in stuff debt-free, being able to go into things and, 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 and God do miraculous things in your life. You, I, I, if, if you're not praying to be a millionaire, please start doing that. Please make that a matter of prayer for your life because we need, we need millionaires in this church. That's good preaching. Man, I'm, man, I'm, I'm awesome. Hmm. Come on, that's good. But listen, but listen, think about it. You should be blessed. Now listen, the right mindset has to be there though. And, and we, we, are, we are called, and God wants us blessed. He wants you to cast out the nets. And, and he wants to fill every one of them up. He wants you to plant the watermelon seed. And he wants it to just take over the entire box. And he wants it to outgrow. He wants to do these things. But when you get a poverty mindset, or you go to the other side, and you say, no, I, I don't, not that I don't want it, but I want everything for myself. It's just as bad, and you miss it. When you come to a place where you say, God, I want to be the millionaire so I can reach some people with you. I, I want to be a millionaire so I can do things. When, when somebody says Peru, write a check. When somebody says, Greenville Mission, write a check. I want to be able to do these things. When we say I'm building fun, you say, hold on, here you go. Listen to me. The Bible wants you blessed. God wants you blessed, but there are reasons. Not for you. And you're good. He wants you to, be, he wants you to live comfortably and he wants you to be taken care of. But he wants you blessed for a reason. Genesis 12.2 says this. I'll make you a great nation. I know where he's, who he's talking to, but I believe he's talking to believers today. I believe he's talking to our church. I'll make you a great nation. 
What I see for this church is more than just a church. It's, 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 an, it's a region thing. It's a, it's a world thing that God wanted to do through us. Listen to me. He says, I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great. And the reason your name's going to be great because you ain't carrying your name. Hear that. The reason you're going to be great is because of the name that you're carrying. It's the one that you're representing. And he says this, I'll make you blessed. I'll give you, I'll make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. When we come into a mindset where we trust God and we're greedy and no longer part of our thinking, where we don't even walk in fear in that area. Some of these things work together. Some of us aren't blessed because we're walking in fear in those areas. We can't trust Him in that place yet. Put fear aside. Put timidity aside. Fabeo. All these things. Place them aside and say, God, I'm going to begin to walk in the things that you have for me. And this leads us up to the fourth thing that I believe is a blocker and it will kill us. It's ignorance. We talk about this sometimes, and I, I sit with people, and, and there's been people that have left the church, people come to the church or whatever, and, and you got to bless them when they come and bless them when they're going. Some man of God told me that, and I, I'm trying to live by that. But here's the thing. I always encourage them. If they do, do decide to leave our church, I say this. Make sure you're getting in a word church. Make sure you're in a place where the word of God is being taught to you and it's being put inside your life because I believe this. People, people will just begin to fade away because the knowledge is not there when ignorance is there, when you don't know. And again, some people take offense to ignorance. Ignorance is something that you can change. Ignorance is something that you, if you begin to put things in that are different, different things begin to happen. And when you begin to change, when you begin to get the word inside of you, when you begin to hide this thing the Bible says in your heart, you begin to put it inside of you. Ignorance can be changed. And I believe this. I believe that you need to dream the dream. But you need to put something with that. Some of you have a dream to be a, be a, a, have a business, but you're not doing anything to walk towards that dream. Receive that. That's for somebody. So if you have a, you, you've, been given, you've been given a dream and God wants to bless you and you see yourself in a position, again, not for your glory, but for God's glory. And you know if he put you in this place, you could do something with it. Listen to me. Put something with that. Push some action with your faith. Begin to go towards that. Get every book you can on it. Some of you have, have a vision and have a dream that you want, to be, you want to be like some of these guys in the Bible who laid hands. And I hope that should be all of ours. You lay hands on people and you see them healed. Listen to me. You need to start reading every scripture. Start memorizing scripture on healing. You need to start putting the word of God in your, in, in your heart and start filling yourself with that thing and start just pouring it into your life. Do something with it. Begin to prepare for your blessing. And then do this. Start laying hands on people. Come on now. Listen to me. I'm telling you, if you don't do it, it ain't going to happen. Just begin to exercise your faith and begin to believe God for some stuff. Some of you need to go back to school. Some of you say, man, you know, I feel like God's been calling me. Go back to school. You get, destroy the ignorance. Put some knowledge there. Whatever it is that God's called you to be, do it for his glory. Everybody ain't called to get on the stage and preach and sing. Some of you are called to go into your workplace and preach and sing there. God, that was good. I mean, not just do it here, but go where God said to do it. And wherever it is that you go, you do it for God's glory. You do it for his honor, for his praise. And whatever God's called you to do, you be the best at it you can be. You study. You get on the Internet and quit looking at the junk and quit looking at things that's going to feed your fear. And you start putting things inside of you. You can find everything on there today. And, and just begin to fill yourself with stuff that God can use and you can get glory. Uh, God can get glory because of what you do for him. Begin to fill yourself with that. Begin to go after that and destroy the ignorance that you have. 
Begin to destroy that thing in your life and begin to move toward what God has for you. Amen? Fifth thing is this. Talked about it for, at least for a few weeks already to some level. I want to hit it hard today as we get ready to close and take in members. Is this. It's our past. Our past is one of the most, I believe, one of the biggest hindrances to our future. Prophetically, over this church, God has given some words to our church and through individuals. And, and, and those words that are for us not to look back, not to look at where we've been, but to look forward to what's ahead. Even Don't even look in, in the little rearview mirror that, that takes you back to that place and, 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 and shows you what's behind you. But look in front of the big windshield that's open up in front of you and begin to go after what God has. The past will destroy you. The past will bring you down. Some of you have brought some past in here today. Here's how it works. You give it to Jesus. You give it to God. He loves you. Regardless of what we've done. Regardless of where we've been, what we've done, who we've done it with. This is the deal. Jesus loves us. And if we can come to a place where we say, God, no matter what I've done, I'm not going to let my past haunt me any longer. I'm not going to let where I've been control where I'm going anymore. God, I want to look forward and look ahead to what you've got for me. I believe there are great things that you have. I believe you have mighty, powerful things for me. But you've got to, you have to look forward and you can't stay where you're at. Jesus spoke to the woman at the well, and I love it. He, he asked her, he said, well, where's your husband at? And she said, I don't have one. He said, no, you, you have five. And the one you're with now is not even your husband. It's a lot of past, a lot of reasons for her not to serve him. That's some heavy stuff, but here's what Jesus said. What I can give you, what I can do, where I can take you to, will satisfy the longingness inside your heart. Uh, what I can take you and what I can put inside of your, 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 your soul, you will never thirst again. You'll never have the desire for those saints. If you'll put me there, if you'll come into this place, the woman called in the very act of adultery, thrown down in front of Jesus, and everyone was there to stone her and take her out because of what she had done. Jesus said this. He said, the ones who don't have the sin, you, you go ahead and throw the first one. You throw the first stone and everybody else can follow along. And he looked around. He heard drunk thumps. The rocks began to hit the ground and everyone began to leave. Now, here's the deal. Here's how it works. I don't condemn you, but don't do it any longer. Uh, don't let what you brought to me go back with you. Leave it here. And now go sin no more. These women became some of the greatest, most powerful ministers of the gospel, greater so than most men because of what they've done. Uh, Mary Magdalene was one of the most powerful women in the Bible because I believe this, because a lot of her past and a lot of things that she had, Bible says she had demons cast out of her. Some called her prostitute or There's different ways you can look at that. But regardless of what her past was, her life changed when she came to him. And it's what Jesus wants to do to you. He wants everything to change. And this is how it works. When you come to him, there's a new beginning. When you come to him, old things pass away and behold, all things become new. And you begin to walk into a place of him and things begin to change. You even get a different change of name. We was talking before service about Saul getting his name changed. Saul, uh, Saul was out persecuting, killing Christians. He got his name changed to Paul and wrote two-thirds of what we read. And he didn't let the past keep him where he was at. He began to walk into the newness that God has for him. 
And I believe today if we let, if we let our past control us, we'll never be free. We'll never walk into the fullness of God and experience what he has for us. Gary, come on up if you would. Five freedom blockers. Fear, complacency, greed, ignorance, and past. This is what's great about Jesus. Stand with me if you would, please. This is what's so cool about him. This is what makes me love him so much. I've had to encounter him on each of these levels. We were singing about the blood a while ago. I began to think about it. His blood is enough, and what he shed for us can destroy every one of those blocks and those hindrances. And there's some people who have been Christians for a long time. And in some of these areas that I've talked about today, they've, they've been a part of your life, and Jesus wants to set you free from it today. God wants to set you free from those things. He doesn't want you to carry them any longer. He doesn't want you to hold on to those things. He wants to, today, I believe this, set you free indeed. Where you don't have to come to church and fake that you're free. Where you don't have to come on, put on a mask, act like you're free. And, and pretend to be free. You're on toss. You're free indeed. You're literally figurative in all areas. You're free because of what Jesus done for you. And I believe it's because truth can get in your life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And today, he wants to change your situation. Bow your heads if you would, please. There's other hindrances. I don't know if God will take me into any of them anymore in the future. I don't know where he's going to take me to. There's other hindrances today. But if there's anything that's been blocking the freedom that you're called to have in Christ and being on toast, being free indeed, any, any block, any hindrances, whether I've made it known today and that there's been light cast on that thing today or whether there's something else that may be going on in your life and you say, man, it, there's a situation, whatever it is, if you're not free today, today's the day that that should change. Today's the day that that should change. And as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, First of all, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, you don't know Him, you don't know that if, if today, that if you would, end, you would leave this earth, if this service was over with and something happened on your way home, if you don't know if something happened where you would spend eternity, today that can change. That can change for you. If today, if there's something going on in your life, if there's a hindrance, there's a block, and you're not in a place of freedom today, that can change for you. God wants it too you'll be honest and you'll be real truth sets you free some of us need to get true with ourselves if there's something going on and you say I just want there's a, there's a place that I, I feel bound by and I want freedom in all areas of my life I want you to do this or if you need a relationship with him whatever it may be slide your hand up quick as you can get it up in the air raise it up as high as you can raise it up as high as you can thank you thank you thank you there's others who else raise it up thank you Jesus thank you Father Thank you, Father. You still gotta love me after I say this, but I gotta say as, as I feel like the Holy Spirit directs me. There's many in this church that are complacent. 
There's many in this church that are satisfied in their current condition and God wants to change it. There's more out there. There's more out there. I'm speaking to you, you'll be honest with me. You'll say, Pastor, I want more of him. That's where I'm at today. I want you to slide your hand up as high as you can. I want to see it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise you, Father. Amen. When we get to this place, when we get to this level, God does things. I want you to do this. I want you to come if you raise your hand for any reason. We want to pray real quick. Let's do this before we take in members. I want to do this. I feel the Holy Spirit. If you, if you raise your hand for any reason, you want more of Him. You want freedom in an area of your life. There's a, there's a, there's a situation you want to be free from. You need Christ, whatever it may be. Come as quick as you can. Don't hesitate. Don't hold back. Step out. Run. Get out here quick. Get out here quick. Just come on down. Feeling this front, guys. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. Try me if you can. Make a line. Make one line. I'll just take it all the way across. Feel it all around. Troy, if you don't mind, just start sliding down. Miss Rhonda, if you don't mind, just coming down if you would. Everybody, let's make a line. I won't be able to do this today. I want somebody, I want, and I want literally our church to embrace everyone who's down here today. And I'm going to need your help in just a moment to do that. Just come on down. One line. Angel, if you would, you down here. And step up. Angel. Step on up beside Jennifer. Come on down. Hold my hand. Lead me through it. All right, come on up. Amen. Where he leads me, I'll follow. Praise you, Father. All right, if you're down here, take a step forward. Somebody's going to come stand behind you. They can't get behind you if you're at a, at a seat. If you're down here, step forward. We'll know who you are. There's a lot of folks that are down here. Some want more. There's some, some others who maybe should join them for that reason. Prayer warriors, people of God, if you're a believer in Christ, He's your Lord, He's your Savior. You know that prayer works. I want you to do this as quick as you can. Just come out, and I want somebody standing behind each one of these today. Come out. Come join me. Come on. Help, help us do this today. We're getting ready to take people into our family. This is what family does. They pray for one another, love each other, encourage one another through, through difficult situations. Thank you. Praise God. This is awesome. Huh. Praise you, Lord. Thank you. Somebody was standing behind somebody. Pastor Harry, come on in here. If you would, there's some other. Praise God. It's awesome. <laughs> Man, this stuff takes the devil off when we do this kind of stuff. He's defeated, though. Gary sing something and whatever the Lord lays him to sing as he sings this this is how I want to do this there's a lot of folks that are down here it'll take a while for one person to come through now whoever it is that you're with I want you to put your hands on the shoulder or whatever and, and, and just do this begin to pray like you'd want somebody to pray for you Begin to pray for them. Begin to speak words of faith and begin to speak words of hope and healing into their situation. The same way that you'd want somebody to pray for you. That's how I try to pray for people when I pray. Gary, go ahead and sing that if you will as, they, as we pray for one another. Thank you, Jesus.
Come on, just as he sings that, just begin to minister to them. Begin to pray over their life. Father, healing right now. Deliverance right now. Freedom today, God. Let fear be destroyed today. Let the past, Lord, be that behind us. We press toward the mark, Father. Lord, let complacency go, God. Lord, the people who are here for more, let them receive more right now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Come on, just begin to receive his freedom right now. Receive it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to you. 